The following message is brought to you by New Song Church and Pastor Joshua Blunt in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. For more information on New Song, visit us online at newsongpeople.com. Song Church. How is everybody doing? Good, good. Well, I equals E, right? Invitations equal encounters. And over the next several weeks, we're going to be talking to you about that. In fact, we're beginning a brand new series today called Influencer. And what we want to do is we want to leverage this season because in four weeks from today, it's Easter Sunday. And uh, this time of year, if you know, man, this is a time of year when people are open to the things of God. They're open to coming to church. And so we want to leverage this season and do everything we can as a church to make sure we get as many people here as we possibly can. Because here's what we believe. Your invitation could lead to somebody else's encounter with Jesus. See, I know this. I know on Easter Sunday, we are going to create a platform for God to rest on. We're going to create a service for people where they're going to come and they're going to encounter Jesus. And what we believe will happen is as they encounter Jesus, they'll encounter everything that comes with Jesus, which is healing and freedom and power, that God can change their life and change their eternity. Amen? Amen. And so uh, as we move towards that internally, this is our campaign for Easter. I equals E. We want to encourage you. And here's, here's what we're going to do. So Easter Sunday's coming. We're going to have four services this Easter, all right? So if you're looking for service times, here they are. You ready? You want to write these down? 8 a.m., 9.30 a.m., 11 a.m., and 12.30 p.m. Those are our service times. So be thinking about the service you're going to attend. Be thinking about the service that you're going to serve at. Right? Amen, guys? So, so here's the two things that we're inviting you to do this Easter. We're inviting you to, one, invite people because I equals E. Invitations equal encounters. So we want you to invite people. But when we say invite people, we don't just want you to you know, take one of those cards out in the lobby and run by somebody's office and throw it in and slam the door. No, no, no. We want you to walk up to them. We want you to talk to them. We want you to invite them to church and, and, and do everything you can. In fact, we're saying this. Be a bringer. A bringer doesn't invite someone, a bringer does everything they can to make sure that person gets here. They bring them here. So that means you invite them and you say, hey, I'll pick you up. I'll save you a seat. I'll take you to lunch afterwards. We're going to do whatever we need to do in order to get those people here. So that's the first step in this. And I'm going to encourage you to pray about that. In fact, we're going to pray here in just a moment about that. The second thing that we're inviting you to do is to serve. Listen, adding a new service means we got a bunch of new service opportunities, and we need you to plug in. We need some of you to come and, and, and greet out in the, in the parking lot and greet at the doors. We need some of you to help us with ushering. We need some of you to help us set up and tear down. We need some of you to help us in our kids' classes because we know there's going to be a bunch of people here, probably over 1,000 people here on, on Easter Sunday. And so we need to do everything we can to host those people well so we can create a platform for Jesus to minister from. It's amazing how often here at New Song I hear people say, I, I came to the church and it's just so excellent. Like you guys do things so well. It's the friendliest church I've ever been to. And I, I'm so proud of our team because we do that so well. But in order for us to continue to do that, we need you. So listen, Easter may be a holiday, but Easter's not a day off for us Christians. Easter's an opportunity for us to, to leverage this moment to reach people for Jesus and to make a difference in their life. And so I'm expecting to be tired on Easter, and I hope you are too. So we're going to invite, we're going to serve, we're going to do everything we can. So, so here's what I want you to do. If you've got the New Song app on your phone, go ahead and go there. If you don't have the New Song app on your phone, what, what are you doing? Come on, get the New Song app on your phone. 
and, and go to the notes section today. And at the bottom of that, there's a little area for you to sign up and say, hey, I'm, I'm interested in serving on Easter and, and I, want, I want to encourage everyone, if you, if you call, and listen, I'm not, if you're here for the first time today, I'm not talking to you, okay? If you're, if you're just checking out New Song Church, this isn't for you. I'm talking to the people who say, New Song Church is my home. This is my home church. I'm a part of this body. So, that, so if you are a part of this body, hey, get, get in and let's do something. Let's make, let's, don't be the, the, the dead arm in this body, all right? Like, let's do something. We, we need everybody. I'm talking to students. I'm talking to, to the older people in the room. I'm talking to everybody. You need to be plugged in with us this Easter Sunday. So make sure you sign up, get plugged in, and then invite people. Can I get an amen? Amen. And I'm going to show you how powerful this can be here today in this message. But before I do that, would you, would you, let's take a moment and I want to pray over you. I want to pray over you that the Holy Spirit's going to guide you and lead you in exactly what you're supposed to do over the next several weeks. So, so let's just pray. Lord, I, I lift up our church to you. I lift up every person in this room under the sound of my voice. And we believe, Lord, we believe that the invitations of our life, the invitations that we make could lead to encounters that have an eternal impact on people's lives. And so we say today, God, we want to be used by you. We want, we want you to, to use us to bring people to you. So, so God, show us, even now as we, as we sit here, show us those people who need Jesus in our life. Show us how to invite them. Holy Spirit, lead us into what to say and how to, how to make uh, this, this life and this light that we found in Jesus, how to make it real to those around us. And, and God, help us to know what, what area to get plugged into, Lord. Help us to see that we play a part in making a difference and that every part matters, Lord. So help us to find that space and that place that fits us best in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. amen, amen. By the way, I'm Josh, if you're new to New Song Church. I'm the pastor here. And uh, before I jump into today's message, one more thing. Uh, a few months ago, back in December, we invited you as a church to give towards some initiatives that we were going to be doing. We're going to be helping uh, some, some, some kids, some missionary kids, and, and reaching those kids. We were going to be buying new cameras and, and video equipment. And I'm, I'm pl- proud to say that today, we're actually, this service right now is live on Facebook with our new cameras and stuff. So those of you watching on Facebook, hey, what's up? Good to have you here with us. So glad that you're with us. And, uh, and then the other thing we're going to be doing was we were going to raise money to help with a kids' praise and worship album called Shine a Light. And uh, that album dropped this week, and I have it here with me. And so this is a, a project that we collaborated with Ken Blunt Ministries, which is my dad's ministry. Uh, me and David Terry and Aubrey and a bunch of our team members were involved in this project. And it's really, really good. Like, it really is. It's, it's these songs are full of the Word of God full of power, great worship, simple worship songs for your kids. And uh, so we're selling these for $10 out in the lobby today. I want to encourage you to pick one of these up. We're talking about being an influencer. This is a great way to influence your kids is to have this on. We've had this on pretty much on repeat in our house and in our cars as we drive around all the time since we got it. So, so make sure you pick up one of these. And what's really cool is that this is, this is like national, like this is going all over the place. Like this is, this is ministering to churches and there's lyric videos that are going to be in other churches. Kids all over the nation are going to be led in worship by these songs. And we played a part in that. Isn't that cool church? So thank you so much. In fact, that song uh, in worship that we sang today, You Can Have My Heart, that is an original song from this album that you, that you heard. So uh, check that out and, uh, and, and listen to that with us. All right. Uh, if you have your Bible, go to Matthew chapter 5. Matthew chapter 5. And we're beginning a brand new series today called Influencer. Everybody say Influencer. And what we want to do in this series is we want to talk about the influence of your life And we want to help you to understand how to make the most of that influence and use it 
for, for building the kingdom of God. Okay, so Matthew chapter 5, Jesus makes this statement. He talks about who we are and what we're called to do. And, and really, this whole series is about this, this principle or this, this uh, one of our, 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 our main core beliefs here at New Song Church, one of our values, which is to make a difference. You're called to make a difference. And so we want you to be an influencer in your world because it makes a difference. It can make a, a huge impact. So Matthew chapter 5, verse 14, Jesus says this. He says, you are the world's light. A city on a hill glowing in the night for all to see. Look at this, verse 15. Don't hide your light. Listen, Christians, don't hide your light. How do we hide our light? We, we hide our light by, by compartmentalizing our walk with God. It's, it's that thing that we do on the weekend. You know, we do that. Or, or, or we seclude ourselves from the world around us. That's another way we hide our light. Don't, don't do that. Don't hide your light. Instead, what does he say? He says, let it shine for all, for all. Everybody say all. Let your good deeds, notice Jesus specifically says, you let your light shine by the, some of the actions of your life, the deeds of your life. Let your good deeds glow for all to see so that they will praise your heavenly Father. Okay, so here's what Jesus says. He says that, that we're called to be a light in this world and that people will see the good deeds of our life and it'll point them to Jesus. It'll point them to God. So people will look at your life and they'll go, man, there's something about that person. I want what they have. I want the God that they have. I, I want to experience what they're experiencing. So, so our life and the light of Jesus inside of us leads people to Jesus. Now understand, this is God's strategy for impacting and touching and reaching the world. And a big part of this is based on your influence. God's strategy involves your influence. We as Christians are called to be influencers who bring the light of Jesus into this world. And what we want to do in this series is we want to make this personal. Because a lot of people think this. They think that influence is for influencers. Meaning it's for people who have influence. You know, it's for, it's for famous people. It's for wealthy people. It's for police chiefs and principals and, and mayors and, you know, famous athletes and famous actors and people who have 50,000 Instagram followers. That, those are the influencers. But, but, but listen, th- that's not true. You're an influencer. The lie that some of us believe is that we, we're not really influential. But the truth is this. If you're taking notes, jot this down. Number one is your life is influential. Your life is influential. And your life is influencing people around you right now. I, I don't care who you are. I don't care how old you are, how young you are. Your life is influencing people. In fact, look at this verse. Romans 14 verse 7 says this. It says, for none of us, so not, not you, not me, none of us, lives for ourselves alone. Your life is not just about you, church. It's not just about you. It says, and none of us dies for ourselves alone. Why does it say this? Because your life is influential. And there are people watching you right now. There are friends who are watching you. There are students who are watching you. There are little tiny people that you birthed into this world that are watching you. Divorced people are watching you. Single people are watching you. Lost people are watching you. People are watching you. And your life is saying something. And it's more than just the words that you say. It's the life that you live. See, your life speaks louder than your lips. And so what is your life saying to the world around you? What message is your life promoting? What, what, what are you, how are you impacting the world around you? How are you doing that for the kingdom of God? Your life is influential. Here's the second thing you got to recognize this morning is your influence is valuable. The influence of your life is extremely, extremely valuable. Now, the world understands this idea, and they're coming to greater grips with this all the time. In fact, 
There's a, there's a kind of marketing that exists today called influencer marketing. Influencer marketing. And influencer marketing is based on, on this idea that, that it's, it's marketing that focuses on pushing products by using influential people. So influencer marketing is, is this. It, it looks at people who have a platform and it makes and it markets th- through them based on their platform. Okay, so according to influencer marketing, here's what an influencer is. An influencer is an individual who has the power to affect others because of his or her authority, knowledge, position, or relationship with his or her audience. Okay, so let me break this down for you because a lot of you are just looking at me like I have no idea what you're talking about right now. Okay, let me simplify this, all right? I want you to imagine a scenario. You're sitting at home and you get a knock on the door and so you go to the door and you open it up and there's a guy standing there and he's holding a cookie, a little shrink-wrapped cookie. And he begins to tell you about this cookie, that this is the best cookie in the world. This cookie tastes incredible. You've never tasted anything like this cookie. And beyond the fact that it tastes really good, it actually can change your life. This cookie has the ability to make you a better person if you just eat this cookie. Now, that's a pretty strong statement about a cookie, isn't it? Yes. Okay, there you go. Very good. Very good. So uh, they're telling you about this cookie. Now, let me, let me break this down even more. Now, imagine that that person is a complete stranger. You don't know them at all. You've never met them before. You don't recognize them. You've never talked to them before. They have, because you don't know them, they have no platform of influence in your life. So they could be telling you the truth, but they also could be lying. They could just be trying to sell a cookie. You have no idea because you don't know them. And so because you don't know them, their platform of influence is almost zero in your life. And so the odds of you actually buying into what they're saying are not very good, are they? Okay, so let's take it a step further. Now imagine that that person at your doorstep is somebody famous. Somebody that you know. You don't know, but you know of them. Maybe you don't know them personally, but you know of them. A famous actor, a famous athlete. Uh, maybe it's a politician. It's a, it's a business person that you look up to. Somebody that you admire. You like their style. They're, they're someone that, you, you know, they have a form of a platform in your life. You don't know them, but you know of them. Now, because you, you have, they have a little bit of a platform, you're a little bit more interested in what they maybe have to say. I'll give you a case in point. A few months ago, or actually it was a couple of years ago, my wife came to me and uh, she had this magazine and she said, I want you to, to, to get this perfume for me. I said, yes, ma'am. <laughs> and uh, the perfume was, um, you, you guys remember the show Fixer Upper, Chip and Joanna Gaines? So it was her magazine. And in her magazine, she has this page where she endorses some different products. So Sarah likes that show. She likes Joanna Gaines' style and how she decorates houses. And we would watch that show together. And so she was showing me this and she was like, I'd, I'd like to try this perfume. And so I, I made a note in my phone, guys, because Christmas and birthdays roll around and you've ever been there before where you're going, I have no idea what to get her. So when she tells me stuff like this, I make a note. So I'm ready when the time comes, okay? So, so Christmas came and I I got online and I ordered her this perfume and it came in the mail and I packaged it up and I gave it to her. And on Christmas morning, she opened it up and for the first time ever, we smelled it. We never smelled it before. We had no idea, but it smelled really good, but we didn't know, but we, we, we went out, we went on the, I mean, really you think about like perfume is not normally something you just buy based on packaging or endorsements. Like you want to smell it, but based on her recommendation and the platform and what we saw in her, we were kind of willing to roll the dice. Now, let me take it a step further, okay? Let's imagine that that person at your door, you open up the door and it's someone that you know closely, like really well, 
Maybe it's your mother or your father or a sibling or a really close friend that you grew up with. You know this person. You know their heart towards you. You, you know them to be trustworthy and truthful. And, and they're telling you about this cookie and how it can change your life. Now, because you have such a great relationship with them, because they have such a strong platform in your life, you're probably going to try that cookie. You guys track it with me? So here's the idea. Here's what influencer marketing says. Influencer marketing says... relationships, here's what it says, relationships equal assets. Relationships are assets. And what they want to do is they want to collaborate with the relationships of your life to achieve marketing objectives. Okay, so I told you all of this to say this. Listen, God looks at the relationships of your life and the influence of your life, and he sees it as an asset. And he wants to collaborate with you, with the influence of your life and the relationships of your life to help people know God, to achieve his objective of seeing all come to life in Jesus Christ. Why? Because relationships equal influence. And, and the relationships of your life equal influence into the lives of the people that you have relationships with. So your relationships, or your life is influential, your influence is valuable. Here's number three. Your influence can make a difference. Remember I said that we want to make a difference in the life of people? And and why we're saying I equals E, why we're saying invitations equal encounters is because those encounters can make a difference. Those encounters that people have with Jesus can make a difference. And and listen, it's not just a difference, it's an eternal difference. Like forever, right? Like we're talking to infinity and beyond type stuff here. Like your invitation could equal somebody else being pulled out of the the grip of Satan and the gates of hell and and walking into eternal life in Jesus Christ. Like, this is a big deal. We, I don't, and I don't think we always grasp that. Like, we have that ability. Your invitation could equal something that changes someone's eternity. Like, remember the Sandlot? Forever, like forever. That can really take place because you invited somebody. Why? Because you're, Your influence can make a difference. So the question is, how are you capitalizing on the relationship assets of your life to make spiritual investments for the kingdom of God? How are you capitalizing on the relationships and the influence, the asset that God has given you to make an eternal impact for the kingdom of God? There's a story in Acts chapter 16. I encourage you to check this story out. It's pretty amazing. I'm just gonna kind of highlight the end of it here because there's something I want you to see. But in this story, Paul and Silas are in prison and they've just experienced a miracle. Uh, They're in prison for a crime that they didn't commit, really kind of a lame reason they're in prison. And God causes this earthquake to take place. And the Bible says that after the earthquake, that the gates of the prison, the doors of the prison, and the shackles that all these people were in are all gone. They're, They're off them. So like this isn't just your normal earthquake, right? Like the fact that all of the prison doors are open and all of the shackles fall off, like this is a miracle, okay? So God's just caused this to happen. And the jailer, the guy who oversees this prison, uh, he, he kind of comes in and sees what's going on and he's getting ready to kill himself. Because in that culture, you know, if you're the guy that the whole prison escapes on your watch, like in that culture, that's not good. You're gonna get tortured and you're gonna die and they're probably gonna kill your family. And so he's, he's panicked and he's getting ready to off his life. Like he's getting ready to end it all. Paul sees this and he says, don't do that. Look at this, verse 28 is where we'll pick up. Paul shouted, don't harm yourself. We're all here. 
Which that's kind of a miracle right there too. Which kind of speaks to the fact that this must have been pretty incredible. Like all the prisoners are just kind of sitting there going, what just happened? But they're all still there. They're all still there. Look at this. The jailer called for the lights, rushed in and fell trembling before Paul and Silas. He then brought them out and asked, sirs, what must I do to be saved. So notice this. He's seeing something in them. He's in a desperate place. He needs help. He knows he's not, he hasn't got it all figured out. And he sees something in their life. And he wants to know, what do you have that, that I need to have? You got something I need to have. Look at verse 31. They replied, believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved. It's that simple. And then notice this next part. And, and specifically the last word. You and your household. Okay, when, when Paul says household here. He's not just saying that if you get saved, everybody in your family is just automatically saved. Like, that's not what that means. It's actually, he uses the Greek word oikos. And that word oikos means the people who are under the roof of your influence. So these are the people that that you know and that know you. These are the people who who are in your sphere of influence. So, So what God tells us through this verse is, This is what he wants to do. He wants you to believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. And then he wants the people under your influence to begin to be pointed towards God and to begin to believe in Jesus Christ and come to life in Jesus Christ. Your influence can make a difference. And God wants to collaborate with your influence to reach people for Jesus. So so here's the fourth point this morning. This is something you gotta understand. God placed you where you are. Where you find yourself today, God placed you there. Now, let me say that with one little caveat, okay? If you find yourself in a place today where you're being abused and, or, or what's going on in, your, in the place you find yourself in is doing damage to you, to your children, God didn't place you there and you don't have to stay under that, okay? Yeah. But if that's not taking place and maybe you just don't like where you are, you just don't like it, Well, that doesn't mean God didn't place you there. (laughs) See, God has you where he has you for a reason. Because he wants to reach the people around you. And and listen, there's some stuff God's doing in you. And just because you're there right now doesn't mean you'll be there forever. Can I get an amen? Amen. But you're there now. And, And God is working on you. He's doing some stuff in you. But listen, he's also working through you. He wants to do some stuff through you. And he wants to reach some people where you are through you right now. So the question is not, do I have influence? The question is, what am I doing with the influence God has given me? What am I doing with the influence God's given me in the place where he's placed me? What am I doing there? And and I think this is important for us to get because one of the problems I see sometimes is we don't really understand that in the places that we are, student in school, in your school, junior high, high school, elementary school, we don't see that as a gift from God. We don't see our workplaces as a, as a gift from God. We don't see being a stay-at-home mom all the time as, as a gift from God. But, but understand this, it, what God's doing in you where you are, listen, God's placed you there because you are a gift to that place. And God wants to use you in that place to minister to people and to influence people and to bring life into people and to change people. That's why the Bible says in Colossians 3.23, it says, whatever you do, everybody say whatever. Whatever Whatever you do, do it from the heart as something done for the Lord, not for people. So I got good news for you today. You have another boss and that boss is, is the Lord. 
And in your job, you don't just work for your boss here physically. You work for the Lord. And you have another job assignment. It's not just the job assignment that you got the day that you started your job. You have a job assignment from the Lord in your job. To bring the light of Jesus Christ into whatever environment you find yourself in. And and listen, when you grasp this, you may be in a place that you don't love right now. But when you really grasp this truth, it brings mission to the mundane. It brings, it brings purpose to, to those moments in your life where it feels like, why am I here? What am I doing? What is the point of all this? Purpose comes to that when you say, God has me here, and I'm going to do everything I can in this season to minister and to be the light that God's called me to be. God placed you where you are, and he placed you there to make a difference. Uh, Isaiah 60, verse 1 through 3 says this. It says, arise, shine, for your light has come. And the glory, that word glory there means the weight of all that God is. That's a lot of weight right there. The, 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 the glory of the Lord rises upon pastors. Is that what it says? Pastors' wives, worship leaders, people who've been saved for 10 years. Is that what it says? No. What does it say? It says, there you go. It says you. It rises upon you. And it says this. It goes on to say, darkness covers this earth. We all know that. And that's why the light needs to be on us. Darkness covers this world and thick darkness is over the peoples, but the Lord rises upon you. Listen, God wants to use you. He wants you to see your, your, your purpose in his plan for this world. And, this, and his glory appears over you. Nations will come to your light and kings to the brightness of your dawn. Here's what this verse tells us. You're a minister. You've been ordained by Jesus Christ to be a minister. Congratulations, you're in ministry. Welcome. If you didn't know that, welcome. Once you make Jesus Lord of your life, you've been anointed and ordained, and you're a minister. So go do some ministry. <laughs> it's not just for me. This is for you. This is for everybody. I'm not the only minister here at New Song Church. So, so here's what happens. Now, because you're called to ministry, if you will go into the places God's placed you in, and you will work in those places and do it for the Lord as you're working for him, Listen, God can then begin to move and breathe on whatever it is that you're doing and not only move you to the places he really wants to take you to, but use you in the meantime to make a difference in those places. And what you're doing in those moments is just as powerful as anything anyone does in ministry. It's just as important as what I'm doing right now. It's just as important as stuff that goes on with full-time vocational people in ministry. What you do is important and it can make a difference. You're just as much a minister. You're just as anointed. You're just as called as me. The Bible says this in 1 Peter 2, 9. It says, but you, turn to the person beside you say, he's talking about you. You are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a, 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 a holy nation, a people belonging to God. It's talking about Christians. That you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness and into his wonderful light. You've got a job to do. You're, you're to declare the works of God in this world. You're to be formed in the image of Christ and you're to help other people step into relationship with God. It's a holy assignment. You're on a mission from God. You can do this. God's given you everything you need to do to do it. So, so over the next few weeks, we're going to talk about specifically what you're supposed to do. And I'm going to give you kind of some general specifics today. We'll get into more details of what this looks like in the weeks ahead. But you do need to recognize a few things. Number one, if you're going to be the difference maker, if you're going to have the influence in the world that God's called you to, you need to, first of all, identify your sphere of influence. You have a sphere of influence. And you need to identify what it is 
so that you can begin to minister to the sphere of influence that God has given you. Now, I'm going I'm to set some of you free this morning. God hasn't called you to reach everybody. He hasn't. But he has called you to reach some somebodies. God hasn't called you to be everything to everybody. But he has called you to be someone, the image of Jesus, to somebodies. Now, let me show you this in the Bible. Uh, 2 Corinthians 10 verse 13 says, But we will not boast beyond our limits. So there's limits. You have limits. But we'll boast only, look at this, only with the regard to the area of influence God has assigned to us. So understand, God has an area of influence he's assigned to you. This is your sphere of influence. And it's, you're on assignment from God. And God expects you to do something with this assigned area of influence. So, so God's given you an area of influence. He's given me an area of influence. And I can't reach the whole world on my own. And you can't reach the whole world on your own. But I can reach my world. I can reach the sphere of influence God's given me. And you can reach your sphere of influence. And if I'm reaching mine and you're reaching yours and they're reaching theirs, together as a church, as a body of believers, we can make a big difference. We can influence a whole lot of people. And we can change the world around us if we each buy into what we're supposed to do. So, so what is our area of influence? It's three things. Number one, it's your people. It's your people. Uh, your people are the people around you. It's your family. It's your classmates, students. It's, it's your, your, where you work, the people that you rub shoulders with in your job. It's your classmates, your deskmates, the people that you see on a regular basis. This is, this is your people. Now, uh, most sociologists will tell you that the average person has around 12 people that are in our sphere of influence. Okay, so here's how this works. Um, they, they look at your life, and they look at your life over a, a period of several, several months, and all of the interactions that people have, and, uh, and how many people are you spending at least an hour with? Now, some people you spend 40 hours with in a given work week, or maybe more, or maybe 20 hours with, but, but typically everyone, well, whatever that number is, it averages out to there's about 12 people that we spend at least an hour with, and that's what they say is your sphere of influence. You have influence in their life, and they have influence in yours. Now, here's what's sad. Uh, statistics tell us today that the average father spends seven minutes a day with his child. Okay, so let's do the math. Seven days a week, seven minutes is 49 minutes in a given week. So the average father in America today, uh, his children don't fall under what is considered his sphere of influence. That ought not be, right? But, you know, we get busy, right? we got a lot going on. And sometimes we get so sidetracked that we don't recognize the influence that God has given us right where we are. Listen, we're not called to reach the world and lose our family. It starts at home. That's why when, when Jesus, when the Bible talks about us going in and ministering and reaching people, it starts in Jerusalem, Judea, and the uttermost parts of the world. The point is it starts, it starts where you're at and it works out from there. But are you reaching your Jerusalem? Are you reaching your family, your children, your spouse, your, your parents, your, your, your cousins, your aunts and uncles? Are, are you an influence in their life? We got to start there. Are, are, my question, are you, are you influencing your children for Jesus Christ? You say, well, I take them to church, and that's your job. No, no, I got to give me your kids. <laughs> he gave you those kids. Yeah. And he's called you to be the, the spiritual leader in your household. So understand, with the assignment you have, listen, 
stay-at-home mamas, if you're a stay-at-home dad, your assignment is huge. You're not just there because that's, you, you're, it's leftovers. No, no, no. That assignment is extremely important. It's as important as anything that's going on, if not more important. Because 86% of what you believe for the rest of your life is founded in the first five years of your life. So we got to, are you taking advantage of that platform of being a mama, ministering to your kids? This is good preaching. It's your, you got to start in your, your people. Mark 5, 19, Jesus said, go home to your own people and tell them you're going to hell. Bunch of sinners. Is that what it says? No, it doesn't. It says, notice what we're, to- we're supposed to do. Tell them how much the Lord has done for you. That's called your testimony. And how he has had mercy on you. So it's real simple, really. You just start with your people and you just begin to share, hey, here's what God did for me. You're not trying to beat them over the head with theology. You're trying to convince them that they're wrong and you're right. It's just, here's what God's done for me. You can't argue with my testimony. You can try, but it ain't gonna work. But this is what the Lord's done for me. And this is the love I've experienced. And this is the life change that I've experienced. And we just let the light shine. Light doesn't have to fight darkness. Light just shines. So just shine. Now here's number two. The second sphere thing you need to recognize in your sphere of influence is, uh, is your place. God's called you to a specific place. Your place is your school. Your place is your desk at, at work. Your place is... Your truck, maybe, if you drive around. Your place is the work environment that you find yourself in. And realize God placed you where you are, and he placed people around you to minister to them. Look at Acts 17, verse 26. He himself says this, fixed before. It's talking about God. God fixed beforehand the exact times and the limits. Notice again, there's limitations to this. And the limits of the places where they would live. So there, the God's placed you in a place, and there's limitations to that, but there's, there's places he's called you to be in at a certain time and a certain place to do ministry. So you're not just in school to get an education. You're not just at work to earn a paycheck. You're there to make a difference. You're there to be an influencer. And if you get this, man, you can begin to start this new mission outside of just your job, outside of just going to school, this like kind of secret, like, you know, Mission Impossible type stuff that God's got going on, but it's, it's actually Mission Impossible, right? That he's, it's like this covert work that you're doing on the side that no one else knows, but it's, it's the calling of God on your life. I, I love this testimony that, that we got this week of a couple of people in the church that, that, that we kind of saw this worked out in their life. I'll, I'll read it to you here. Justin wrote this. He said, working at a job that I knew wasn't my calling was tough, and I always wondered why I was placed there by God. I think Justin's, yeah, that's Justin up there. It's me over there without a beard. It's kind of weird, isn't it? I wasn't sure if it was why God placed me there. I wasn't sure if it was for financial security alone or if I was supposed to be there for a greater reason. While praying about my current work situation, I was reminded of something Pastor Josh said in a sermon about being a good steward with what you have. So I began to think about what I had, which was influence. I had gained trust and influence with those around me because I acted differently than most in my position, putting people before my personal agenda. I just wanted to help people and create relationships. On top of that, I was open about my beliefs. Everyone knew where I stood and that I was a believer. I didn't go around blaring it, but I lived it, and I made sure my words aligned with my actions. That's so good. Not only did I have influence and a good rapport with my coworkers, I was also surrounded by a bunch of people who were lost. 
I knew I had to be a good steward with the opportunity I'd been given and use my influence to reach the lost. Chantel was a team leader at, at work, and we became good friends. Through our friendship, I found out that she grew up in the Church of Christ. Knowing this, it made it easier for me to approach her about Christianity and coming to church. I began to tell her about my church and how it, was, how it changed our lives forever. I told her how amazing the worship was and the people were even better than amazing. It doesn't say this, but and the pastor is amazing too. I told, I told her that all she needed to do is drive into the parking lot and she would feel the difference. Once she came, she saw exactly what I was talking about and she has been coming ever since. I went from viewing work as a dreaded place where I would spend my days away from my family to a battleground in competition for the lost. That's really good. I was building rapport and relationships, not knowing that God was going to use that to bring others to him. Now, let me share the other side of the story because I actually got Chantel's side of the story too. Check this out. Justin and I met at work. I, got, I really got to know him and I became his team leader. I'll never forget when he first asked me to come to New Song. It was 6.30 in the morning on a Friday at a leadership program while eating breakfast. We were just making small talk and he brought up church and how my husband and I really should try New Song. I wish I could say it was that easy for Justin, but it was not. He invited me and brought up trying out new song just about every day. Now, this is so good. Hear this next part. Most people would think I would have been annoyed or put off by it, but I wasn't. Justin's approach wasn't pushy, but you could tell that it was important and he cared. You know, I think that's so good because I think sometimes we think, well, we invited him once and they didn't come and we don't want to be pushy. And listen, you can be pushy, okay? Don't get me wrong. You can do this the wrong way. But it's kind of like this, like if I go to a restaurant and I have a really good meal and, and I've got some friends in my life and I'm just like, hey man, you got to go here and try this pizza. And they're like, yeah, I'm going to try it out. And then I see him the next week, hey, have you tried it yet? And they're like, no, I haven't had it yet. Man, you got to go try it out. They're not like, hey, dude, back off about the pizza. <laughs> no, they're like, they, they get that, like, I care about this, right? Like, this is important to me. I value this and I just want them to experience it. That's all we're saying. That, that's what we got to do. We got to let people know. You're not being pushy. You're just saying, oh, man, you got to come. It's amazing what God's doing through this church. Look at this. To say our lives were changed by Justin reaching out and encouraging us to try New Song is an understatement. New Song has taught us how to completely rebuild our relationship with God. We were both able to walk without shame and pain that we were carrying, knowing we are forgiven and loved eternally. We now know what it's like to have a foundation based on biblical principles. With this new foundation, our marriage is stronger and we view our relationship with a whole new godly perspective. We are now surrounded by a supportive and loving community that we consider family. We are proud to be a part of New Song and forever grateful that Justin invited us. Invitations, yeah, come on. Invitations equal encounters. And you read, this is someone whose life and eternity was changed because of an invitation. And, and there's so many testimonies like that. But, but one thing you see is where you're at, God placed you there. And, and you can go there and just hate your job and kind of go through the motions until you move out of there. Or you can look for opportunities like Justin did to make a difference in the place that God's placed you. If you're taking notes, jot this down this morning. Your vocation is your ministry location. Your vocation is your ministry 
location. What if we really believed that? What kind of a difference could we make? Your sphere of influence is your people, it's your place, and here's number three, it's your passions. Your passions. You know, I love how God makes us because he makes us all different. And I have my passions and you have yours. And we all know people that have different passions than us. And we meet people sometimes and, man, they're so passionate about something. And we're like, yeah, cool. I could care less about that personally, but I'm glad you care about it. And you have passions and you have passions. And sometimes you're like, I don't even know why I have such a passion for this group of people or for this cause or for this thing or for children or for whatever it is. Well, here's why. Here's why you have a passion for that. You want to know why? God made you that way. And he made you to have certain passions. And some of the passions you have, listen, not everybody's going to care about them. But you're called to care about them. And, and here's the beautiful thing about this. If you care about your passion and you look to use your passion, God will use you to have an influence in your passions. And, and this is what I want as a church. Listen, I don't want New Song Church to be built on my passions alone. This church will not do all it's called to do if it's built so, solely on the passions that I have. I want this church to be about our passions. I want us to be doing the causes that God put on your heart. And there's stuff that God's placed on your heart and you're, maybe you're waiting on us to do it. But we're waiting on you to come bring it to us so we can collaborate. Now that doesn't mean I'm gonna do everything you ask me to do because we're gonna, we, I have to collaborate with God on what we're gonna do, okay? But, but God's called you to make a difference in your passions and he wants to use you in your passions and he made you that way. He, he built you that way because he needs you to reach people in those areas of passion. Find your passion, identify your passion so you can use the, the, the influence God's given you to reach the world around your passions. So here's what God wants to do. God wants to, to take your passions and he wants to, like Jesus, help you to be moved with compassion to make a difference in your passions. So understand, New Song Church, your life is influential. Your influence is valuable. Your influence can make a difference. And God has placed you where he's placed you to use this incredible influence, this incredible asset of relationship influence to make an impact on the world. The people around you, in your job, in your school, in your home, those little people running around, they need you. They need your godly influence. They need someone to point them to Jesus. And God's called you and appointed you to do it. And he's given you the platform that you have. What if that job that you hate, what if it's a gift from God, the platform in that job that you hate is a gift from God to you? And it's a gift from God to that, to that world that you're in. What if we really believe that? See, church, here's what I believe. I believe there's people right now that are praying and you're the answer to their prayer. I, I really felt strong this week. There, there's, a, there's a wife out there somewhere and she's praying for a husband. Her husband's away from God and she's tried to talk to him about it, but he won't listen to her. But he's put you right next to him in work. And he's called you to be an example of the love of Jesus. Because he'll listen to you. He may not listen to her, but he'll listen to you. And you could be the answer to prayer. You could be her answer to prayer. What if we really believe that? I believe there's, there's moms and dads who are playing, praying for kids who are away from God right now. And you're the answer to prayer. God put you in a desk right beside them. 
in a classroom or in a cubicle. And you're there to make a difference. You're there to shine this light that is inside of you through Jesus so that God can collaborate with your relationship to influence that person and make an impact. Invitations equal encounters. Who in your world needs Jesus? Would you bow your heads and close your eyes this morning? I want to ask you a question. I ask this question just about every week here at New Song Church, but it's such an important question, and that is, what's the Holy Spirit saying to you in this message? What do you feel like God's saying to you right now? Maybe God is is highlighting some people in your life that he's called you to minister to. He's called you to step up in a little bit of boldness. He's called you to step out in faith and reach that person. I want to just encourage you, whatever God's saying to you today, be a doer of the word. Be obedient. Lord, I just lift up our church to you right now. I thank you for everybody in here. And I just pray, Lord, that this message and this gift of influence that you've given us, that we would see it for what it really is. It's an asset worth investing in. God, help us to be good stewards of the gift of influence that you've given us and to to use it in a way that impacts the sphere of influence that we have. We thank you for what you're going to do. We expect big things in the upcoming weeks. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to this week's message from New Song Church. If you have a prayer need or would like more information about New Song, you can email info at newsongpeople.com. If you would like to partner with New Song through giving, go to www.newsongpeople.com forward slash give. And if you want to stay connected to New Song, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter by searching for New Song People.